Welcome back to Confessions from the Sidelines and today's bonus episode. I'm your host, Sarah L. Cowart. On today's show, we have our first repeat guest, Senator Tommy Tuberville. Senator Tuberville and I had the chance to talk all things Title IX, and here is my conversation with the Senator. Welcome back to the show, Senator Tuberville. Good morning. Happy Valentine's Day to everybody out there. Well, I'm so glad to have you on. You know, the last time we chatted, we really got to talk about, you know, this whole college athletic thing of kids. If do they should they play it for your schools? But then since then, a lot of stuff has come out about Title IX. And I would just love to hear a little bit of your take on some things that the NCAA has done. And then also I have I've been impacted by Title IX my whole entire life. And so, but I want to start with just kind of your thoughts on it. It's amazing to me that we're, we're even talking about Title IX. I think it's one of the best things that the federal government has implemented in, in my lifetime. Uh, I started coaching uh, early age, right out of college in the mid-70s, and I actually coached uh, one of my teams that I coached was girls basketball. And Title IX had just been adopted. And at that time, there was just a small number, very small percentage of girls in high schools that played high school sports. But it didn't take long with Title IX coming in to uh, give the same access to uh, female athletes uh, of funding and facilities and the chance for an athletic scholarship that you had a huge number of, of young girls starting to play high school sports. And that just crep up in the, into the college level. Now, just look at what's going on. Uh, we, we have uh, young women and, and all of, that can compete with anybody all over the world. And it really started with Title IX because it was really unfair what was happening. Uh, but Title IX has really done wonders for leadership for women. It's done wonders for organization, uh, skills, uh, endurance, all the things that go along with sports. It was just, it's been, it's been a phenomenal uh, success and hopefully we'll continue this way, but uh, obviously you're seeing some things out there now that Title IX is being attacked. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, part of my story was I grew up in a very small town, which our listeners know, I mean, we're talking like the county population of 30,000. And so there wasn't a whole lot of, we did have athletic you know, rec league balls and all that stuff. But once we got into middle school, the sports women were playing in our town weren't that there wasn't a vast array of them. Like we only had a few to choose from. And so I wanted to play soccer, but as far as a club team goes, it was only with the boys. And, you know, I went to a few practices and that's when I was like, I, I can't compete on this level. Like I can't do this playing against these guys. And so I quit. And then thankfully was able to be on the first female soccer team at my high school in my freshman year of high school. And it had such an impact on me because what it did was it allowed me to be one of the first female soccer players, get a scholarship to play in college. It then drove me into coaching high school soccer and then also doing what I do now. And if it wasn't because of Title IX, I wouldn't have had these opportunities. Well, that brings up a great point. Uh, talked earlier about you know the funding and the facilities that that you had to have in women's sports as as compared on an equal level to men's sports. That's what Title IX was all about. But what happened at the end of the day 
it increased 600% female scholarships, uh, 600%. And, and again, it paid for a lot of educations. It put people in into sports, women that had never been in sports that uh, decided that, you know, that might be a route that they get in. And it's, it's, there, there hadn't been really any negatives to title nine. Uh, it really doesn't cost much more. Uh, the, the funding usually comes from, uh, some state budget, some federal budget, that's usually paid for by sports that are, uh, driven by, by fundraising, uh, money's brought in from alumni, whether it's high school or college. So it's just been a phenomenal. And, and the thing that you, you, you just said, it just gives you a, a point of reference of, uh, knowing how fortunate you are to have women's sports at all levels, uh, at really any school now, uh, because if you, you are a school that has a men's soccer team, you also have to have a women's soccer team. Uh, that is the federal law. Uh, there can be no discrimination. So again, I think it's helped not just, uh, women, uh, and, and, uh, young girls that, that grow up in the sport, but it's also helped society in general, because just look at the leadership roles. Now you you've had, uh, you've had a woman vice president. You've had, uh, we have several senators up here now that are women that in the past, they didn't have the opportunity for the scholarships to work on their education or to, uh, you know, to possibly become uh, a congressperson. So a, a lot of outstanding CEOs, uh, or women now, uh, big companies across the world. And if you just talk to them and visit with them, usually their background came from working with other people, which had to do with sports. Yeah. And it's, and I'm even thinking about Sandy Barber, the AD at Penn State, you know, like because of Title IX, she was giving the opportunities of playing in college and now where she is in those leadership roles. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, again, there's there's not enough we can say about Title IX, and and uh, you know there's a lot of complaints that I, I could give you right now about federal government how they get involved in a lot of different things, the money that we throw around, but the money that has been spent in the last fifty years on on Title IX has been a huge success, and it continues to grow, uh, continues to grow. There's a lot of women's sports now that actually pay for themselves in college because of. Uh, the money that's brought in by ticket sales. Uh, the, I think that one of the biggest growing uh, sports in women uh, in college and in high school is softball. Uh, softball is huge on the college level and the high school level and continues to get bigger and bigger. And because of that, uh, athletic budgets can grow because you're able to bring in money to pay for, pay for some of these sports. Yeah. So how can we just as the general public really and even parents of students and high school students, how can we continue to support Title IX and to continue to see this growth? Well, again, it's uh, it's something that it goes back to participation at a young level Yeah. Uh, to give young people an opportunity, boys and girls to play, to compete at a level which they can compete in. Uh, there's a lot of extracurricular activities that come off of uh, sports that uh, uh, make the, the high schools and the uni university thrive. You know, I was a high school coach, but mainly I was a college coach for years. And the money that's brought into sports allows scholarships to be paid for men and women. Uh, 
It allows for tutoring to be paid for. It allows for better facilities. It's just a, a broad range of items. And I, I can, at almost every school I was at, the, the, the money that men and women brought into the universities also paid scholarships for other uh, areas uh, in academia. So uh, we, we, we need to continue to make this work, to push the buttons, to, to fight off the things that people might want to throw at Title IX to take away from it. Uh, there's one that uh, I hope we talk about a little bit about uh, transgender sports now, uh, transgender athletes. I think it's something that uh, could be very detrimental to Title IX. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about like your thoughts and how like you support that. And then also kind of the way the NCAA has voiced their opinion on it right now. Yeah. Very disappointing what the NCAA did recently. Uh, of course, we all have heard if you've been in the sports arena at all, you've heard about these biological boys uh, deciding that uh, they want to participate against women. And, you know, the thing I, I tell people about that, there, there's been a lot of studies and and the male uh, on the average has 40 to uh, 40 to 50% greater upper limb strength, upper body strength. Uh, they have 20 to 40% greater lower body strength. They have an average of just an average of 12 pounds more of muscle mass. And then the body, the, the skeletal structure is different. It, it, it makes me wonder where we are as a country where you and I are even having to talk about this, where our society will allow a biological boy or man to participate in a female sport. It makes absolutely no sense. Uh, but the NCAA came out and they said, you know, we're not going to make a ruling on it. We're going to let each sport make their own ruling. And usually each sport that especially wins ones that the women are, are involved in are controlled by the uh, Olympic committee. Uh, and they go by their rules and regulations. Well, the Olympic committee allows transgenders to participate in sports. And so the NCAA kicked the can down the road. They didn't want to make a decision. And because of not making a decision, there's no, it didn't clear the, the air at all. Uh, I think you're starting to see a lot of parents standing up going, um, this is not going to work. We're not going to allow this to happen. You're going to see a big uprising over this. But it, again, it's really just even embarrassing that in the United States of America, we would even have to address this. I saw yesterday where they allowed this uh, one uh, woman athlete in Russia uh, to participate in her sport. And she had also, she had failed a drug test. Uh, that, that's inconceivable that they would allow that to be broken, that we would even be talking about something like that because a rule is a rule and is no different than a biological male who was born a, a boy uh, to turn around and participate in women's sports. Uh, it, it just, it makes no sense at all. And I think you're going to see a lot of people across the country get more involved in this, what they have been just simple fact that is not right. Yeah. And I'm kind of thinking about the impact of, you know, current teammates or even high school kids who are thinking, I want to play sports at the collegiate level. And, you know, you and I are talking about how far we've come. You know, we finally have equal number of scholarships. We finally have that financial support for kids because you and I both know college is so expensive. And so even being able to have some of these scholarships, I mean, is it possible that we could see some of those scholarships be taken away from these girls? If, you know, we have a transgender athlete now competing on the women's team. 
Well, if they allow them to play in college, uh, that, there's no doubt about it. You're going to see uh, uh, young boys getting into women's sports and and taking over and, and earning those scholarships. I, I would hope we wouldn't get that far. I'd hope we'd have a lot more common sense than that in this country. But again, me and being up here for a year as a United States Senator, one thing that we're lacking on is common sense. And it usually just dribbles down to the states from, from the federal government. So hopefully we can, uh, we're fighting it here. Uh, I've talked about it several times on the Senate floor, giving speeches, uh, bringing up uh, certain bills that we've thrown out there to that we can possibly get some of the Democrats to, to vote for. But, it, you know, we, we've got a lot of the Democrats that, uh, you know, I'm, for instance, I brought up this one uh, amendment on a bill and it was voted on on the floor. Uh, there were all 100 of us were there. And I brought up this amendment that if you allow transgender uh boys to play in women's sports at your university that you lose funding. Uh, I've I got uh, 50 votes from the Republicans and 50 votes against me from the Democrats. And they're just if you just look at that and you, you know that uh, there's there's uh, senators on the other side, the Democratic side that have uh, grandkids or kids of their own that are girls that, that play in sports and they really don't believe that, but it just shows you how, uh, they just follow the leader up here in terms of looking at common sense approaches. They just follow the leader on anything that, uh, that, that one person believes in, they just all believe in it and they don't fight back against it. That's, that's the problem I've had since I've been up here in the Senate. Yeah. And I mean, I shared, you know, at the beginning that that's like, I experienced that. I experienced that. I knew I wasn't going to get playing time. I knew I, they were faster and stronger than I was. Um, and it even goes back to, you know, a time in middle school where they had all of us females go outside and walk on the track while they led the men into the weight room to lift weights, to get stronger. And, you know, I questioned that because I thought, why, why do I have to be out on the track when I also can benefit from lifting weights and learning all about that to get stronger. Yeah. Uh, of course, there's a lot of things that go into participating in a, in a sport, whether it's team or individual and a lot of the workouts have to do with it. There's a lot of hard work that goes along with it. Yeah. But, and it goes back to, uh, talking about one of the reasons why, uh, you know, boys shouldn't be able to participate in women's sports. Uh, these young girls at a young age get into, a sport like you did, wanting to play, want to participate, you know, with other women in a sport, and you had to participate with men because there was no women's sport. Uh, of course, hopefully now uh, that's all rectified, but sometimes it's not. Sometimes we run into those problems, but it's just a, uh, it's it to me, it's a huge problem when you have young people that want to com- learn to compete, learn to. Uh, compete against each other, whether it's in the weight room, whether it's on the tennis court, whether it's swimming, whether it's basketball, whether it's football. If you want to compete, you've got to pay the price of hard work and effort and learn those things to be able to succeed in what you want to do. And all that kind of goes hand in hand. But again, to put all that time and work into uh, a sport and do it for months and months and sometimes years and years, and all of a sudden you get up and you compete, uh, for instance, this women's league that, uh, uh, that they're competing in. And this young man decides he wants to compete against the women and he just blows away 
all the state records by not a couple of seconds, but dozens of seconds, just knock time off of, of state and uh, records. It's just, it's, it's not fair. Uh, why would you want to put all that time in to finish second? Because that's what you are. You're, you're, you're playing to finish second against somebody that really should not be in that sport should be in a, in, in a men's sport. Yeah. Gosh. I mean that, yeah. Cause you're hitting, you're training all that time, never to be first in those moments. And that, that's a hard pill to swallow you know, when you put in all that time and effort, because you and I both know the amount of time and effort that goes in as a high school athlete, even to move into a collegiate athlete. It's a huge sacrifice. And, you know, I used to tell players when I'd bring them in to play for a football team, what, what no matter what university it was, that, you know, when you come and you play sport in college, it's the only time you'll ever really have two full-time jobs because playing sports in college is full time. It's, it's, it's 10, 15, 20, 30 hours a week that you have to spend, whether it's practice or studying, doing the things you need to do, become good at that sport. And then once you get out of that, then you have to go to class, then you have to study, you have to go to tutors, do all the things that you have to do to, to get that college degree. So it's a huge amount of time. It's a, it's a sacrifice. You have to be dedicated. And again, that's the reason you need this level playing field with men and men's sports, women and women's sports, and give people an opportunity to succeed against uh, the biological gender that you were born with. Yeah, oh, that's it. Because I'm, I'm thinking about our student athletes at the collegiate level. It is a full time job both playing your sport, going to school, trying to get it all together. And then just to know that sometimes if this continues, you wouldn't, you wouldn't win those championships. And that's just so, so hard. I can remember years ago when I was playing, I was wondering what in the world am I doing this for? Uh, playing in all these, playing sports and then going to class and doing all the things I needed to do. Because again, it is a huge sacrifice uh, for, for, to do that. It's fulfilling when you get out, you've accomplished something and it gives you an opportunity to kind of, kind of, you know, think, Hey, I did something a lot of people don't do. And, and again, there's not a lot of people go to college and play sports and then, and get that degree and uh, in, in a four year period, but it is a huge accomplishment. Yeah. I think the statistics show now it's only 7% of high school athletes go on to play their sport in college. And so if you make it into that 7%, like you have accomplished something huge. Yeah. of course, a lot of them think they're going to go make millions in, in professional sports and, and less than a half of 1% ever get that opportunity to play. And then only about 2%, uh, uh, two hundredths of a percent make any money out of it. So right. uh, the big thing that you get out of uh, sports, whether it's high school or college is, is a competitive edge. You learn how to work. You learn how to deal with other people. You learn how to learn uh, how to handle success, and you have to learn how to handle failure uh, because it never always goes right. Sometimes you get injured. You have to work through that. You have to play with a little bit of soreness, a little bit of pain. Uh, it, it's uh, and there's a lot that goes into it, and uh, it's uh, something that you have to overcome obstacles. And by doing that, that's what I tell people that. Sports have made our country so much better uh, compared to other countries across the world because of that attitude that we have of working hard to accomplish something uh, on our own. Uh, because a lot of times uh, you get more out of when you're by yourself, working alone, putting hard work and effort into it, pushing yourself, 
when the lights aren't on, people aren't watching, but you're out there still working, it really pays a lot of dividends for you in the future because there's a lot of times in regular life that you're going to, have to put a lot of time. You'd rather be doing something else, but you got to work because you know doing that work pays a price and and gives you the opportunity to have that success. Yeah, and we say it all the time here on the show and in other conversations I have with students is it is those transferable skills that you learn in sports that people look for in the professional world as you're going out to get a job and to like live your life, people will see that dedication, the teamwork, the hard work, all of that is coming out of just being part of sports. Yeah. And you know, there's, there's a lot of times when you just, you know, the success is, is it, the feeling is no better. Uh, When you've worked hard and you've achieved something and you wave won the game or championship kind of like the the teams last night with the Rams coming back and just just took the the victory right away from the Cincinnati Bengals and those you know both teams have worked hard you know to get to the, that point where they're at but um you know the wins are great but the losses are that much worse and to overcome losses uh understanding that you have to deal with it uh, you have to take it a day at a time get back on your feet and work again, knowing the next time you want to make sure that you're not on the losing end of it, you're on the winning end. And so there's so much, so many great things that give, give our young people uh, of this country a start in life to really understand what, what life's really about. Yes. Oh, I love that so much. And, you know, I ask everyone on the show, every time they come, because it's called Confessions from the Sidelines, what's your favorite memory? And you already gave us one for previously being on the show, but do you have another one? Uh, favorite of, memory? Favorite memory of standing on the sidelines coaching. Well, you know, we had a lot of great wins, but, I, I you know, I was more into watching young people that <clears throat> that came and, and changed their lives. Because if you remember, that the attitude that a lot of these kids come to the universities with is something that needs to be changed and to see that change from, from being a selfish person to somebody that gives back to the team that helps the team win to sacrifice. I think that's the biggest uh, thrill that I had on the sideline watching that success from changing attitude from something wasn't very good to something that was very good and made a difference in other people's lives. Oh yeah. And I've seen that countless times too, where, you know, someone it comes in and they're working so hard and they, and I say it all the time, students become different people when the ages of 18 to 22. So seeing them on the other side is some of my life's greatest joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Senator, thank you so much for being on the show. It is always an honor to have you here. Well, I appreciate it. And again, I hope what we just talked about, uh, turns out the best for, for what we're looking for, uh, for young, young women across the country, because, uh, the emergence of sports in the women's side has just drastically changed in my lifetime and hopefully changes that much more for the better over the next 40, 50 years. I think, and I think we'll see a lot of great things from it. So thanks for having me on. Look forward to talking with you again soon. Thank you. Thank you for tuning into today's episode. If you have enjoyed today's show, be sure to head on over to your favorite podcasting platform to rate and review the show. And as always, I'll be cheering you on from the sidelines.